Hello, we're live. Hello, dear Starshines. Welcome to today's Lunchtime Chats. For those of you who are new, my name is Christina and I'm an acceleration expert. And we are here to talk about those topics and issues that are significant for us starseeds, way showers, new paradigm visionaries. We have capacities, abilities, perceptions that are not embraced by our larger human family. And therefore we have very unique perspectives of what's going on on this planet at this time during this time of change and upheaval. So I am here to do to the best of my ability um, to provide a liberated perspective to these challenges, to this time of transition and change. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, I'll wait, uh, give everybody a moment to get on board. I'm so glad to have you guys here. I'm, um, I'm totally au naturel today. <laughs> no, no makeup, no lipstick. This is me in the raw right here. <laughs> Um, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting to keep all the ducks in a row when you're traveling a lot, when you're constantly in a moving state. So, um, anyway, you just get me off the hook right here, just off the cuff. Well, hello, dear sister Edna. So good to see you. Yay. You're off of work this week. Good for you. I hope you really enjoy that. Hey, Carol, how you doing? So glad to have you guys. So Mm -hmm. Lots of interesting things going on. I'm curious to check in with you two. What's what's really up with uh, what's up really up in your face right now in life? What's what's really staring, you know, maybe it's a two by four or maybe it's just that that big thing that's right in front of you that has your awareness and you can't seem to switch your attention to something else. Let me know what's what's happening in your world. Um, we can talk about it because I'm sure if it's happening, if it's in your face and happening in your world, it's also happening for many others. Um, one of the things that is really in my face right now and has been for the past couple weeks is um, the different nesting dolled layers of, you know, these overlays of our consciousness that um, are connected into toxic masculine expression or distorted divine masculine. It's like how um, divine masculine frequencies get hijacked and turned into something twisted and dark and abusive and stuff like this. And uh, uh, yeah, I'm just going to talk while you guys, I want you guys to respond. Tell me, let me know. <laughs> I'm real curious. Um, and what I have traced it back to are, you know, different consciousness grids. And one of them is the consciousness grid held in place by um by the um archetype slash storylines and um interdimensional impact of of poseidon you guys are familiar with the being currently known now as poseidon the king of the seas so to speak and um you know poseidon is a uh, uh, a god, right? A god of, from in the god realm. Someone would say Anunnaki. And he is said to have many um, children through human women, through this, the sisterhood of the sacred rose, this the sisterhood of parthenogenesis. The sacred sisters um, were either, you know, forced or manipulated into conceiving his seed and bore children. And in the story of this, so he's, you know, one of the ones that participated in the hijacking of, of, um, of the sacred womb space, 
but he's also the one who um, who raped Medusa that eventually led to her being cursed and turned into the Gorgon that she was turned into. And he is also the one that is said to be the father of Theseus, which was a, um, a real person in history. Um, and, and also of Alexander the Great, also a real person in history. So um, this, the, there's an influence here that Poseidon has in the DNA lines of this planet, in the consciousness grids of this planet, and all these different layered distortions of divine masculine. And I've been, you know, really sinking into that more deeply, more deeply, more deeply. And I'm getting to some very interesting layers. It's connected into the um, um, sexual trauma of men, men being um, not just the circumcision stuff, but also, you know, being abused in many ways, you know, all the different ways that men can be abused um, sexually, mentally, emotionally. There's the, the impalement wound that's also in there. The impalement wound is a major doorway for hijacking and blame when it comes to this archetype that we're talking about. Um, so that's what's been really up in my face. I'm curious to hear what you guys are um, facing. All right. Oh, thank you, Edna. That's very sweet of you to say. <laughs> Um, all right. So Edna says, wanting to stay on vacation and not go back to work. Addiction to food. Believing I can change my reality. Believing I can change my reality still is a challenge. Okay. Yeah, there's like a trapped feeling in there. There's some stuff going on in the throat and high heart. Anger combined with despair. Okay, I'm going to talk about that. I'm going to talk some more about that. Um, and then Carol says, mine is being triggered by husband. Not sure what is behind that. Um, so can you say more about what the trigger is? <laughs> if, if you can, if you, if you feel okay sharing. Um, and Beverly says, not wanting to engage in mundane life tasks. Okay, so... Yes, right? Because with that is this idea that your life force energy is harnessed and um, forcefully focused into things that don't really matter, um, like false constructs. Yes, that's a real thing. And that is part of the slavery process is giving, obligating our life force energy, and I know this, this applies to you too, um, um, obligating our life force energy to feed this matrix, feed this monster, this beast that just endlessly, endlessly consumes our life force energy. It, it would quite literally eat us alive if we would let it, right? And there's a angst about that, an anger about that, a bitterness, a resentment about that, okay? Now, I'm just putting my finger on these pieces. I'm not saying that we're, that's the only piece, but these are where there's a lot of charges. So I, I say these things to touch on those charges because now I'm going to start weaving in some other understanding to help you loosen them up. Okay. So reality is not what we think it is, right? We really believe if we can knock on something and it makes a sound, it's solid. And therefore, the rules of physics apply to this solid thing. Or the um, we have the New Newtonian physics where, you know, what goes up must come down, um, which is a limiting belief system. But then you also have uh, the modern day physics that talk about 
quantum theories and stuff like this. Now that mostly is disregarded when it comes to the human understanding of reality because it's too abstract. But what, what the physics tells us these days is that something can either be identified in time or space or something can be, be um, a wave identified as a movement. So that means matter, everything that in existence is either identifiable point in time, a particle, or it is a, an energy in motion, a wave, okay? And there's nothing in between. It's either or. It's never both, okay? So this feeling that I'm talking about of these particles that don't want to be in this particular time space, don't want to be in this particular matrix, or don't want to be in this particular experience, you know, it's staying in particle form. It's staying in matter form, not realizing that that part is also energy, which is a waveform that's constantly moving. So this is energy not moving that quite literally makes us feel stuck because it is, it is in some way it is. Now these are all nesting dolls that come together to create our reality. So I'm only speaking of one nesting doll of understanding here. Okay. But I just want to, it's really great to, to put our finger on this, right? Um, so let's go, let's get into our bodies, right? Our bodies, our physical bio suit. I call it a bio suit, not to make it, you know, separate from me, but to really illustrate the extraordinary vehicle that this, this bio suit is. This bio suit is the most extraordinary vehicle. It quite literally, when imbued with life force, when imbued with soul force, quite literally creates this reality. Without this bio suit, we wouldn't be experiencing this reality. We'd be experiencing a, maybe a ethereal form of it, uh, another level of it, uh, you know, but we, it would not be what it is now. It's our bio suit that is manifesting this reality, literally. Okay. That this is, this is how extraordinary it is. This entire realm, the Pachamama, realm of the mother is held in place by us imbuing our biosuits. If there were no, if there was no DNA imbuing a biosuit, this realm would not exist. Just let that sink in for a little bit because life is but a dream. It's very true, but it doesn't mean it's irrelevant. and doesn't mean anything. It uh, means a lot. It's a vehicle. It's a, um, it's a means to facilitate experiences, very real, intense experiences. And that is what's so exciting for our quantum self to have experiences. Because the more experiences we have, the more we learn, the more we evolve, the more we expand, the more we, we grow in our beingness. Okay. And we have all these nesting dolls. We have the the all that is, and beyond that, we have a great void, and beyond that, there's something else, and beyond that, there's something else. So there's all these massive nesting dolls that some might even call dragon consciousness that are coming together and shifting and, and waking up to other levels of expression, okay? Completely other levels of expression. And that is impacting our here and now reality because the dimensional ladder that used to exist within these bio suits is no longer like that. It's growing, it's activating, it's becoming more. 
So it's no longer a an 11D, 10D model. It's now going up into more like um, 15, 16, even you know into beyond that, depending on where your your star origins are from, right? Some star origins are more galactic slash cosmic in nature rather than just a simple star system or a simple level of dragon consciousness. So, so there's, there's that playing a role as well. Okay. Yeah. I'm going from very abstract into the, to, into the here and now I'm getting there. So our bio suits have this DNA dance. This DNA dance has a frequency and in that frequency that measures, or that is what allows how much quantum we're able to embody. We are these vast infinite beings. Our bio suits can only anchor in so much quantum because of its DNA dance. So if you have a really traumatized, um, uh, damaged, let's say lineage, right? That means your DNA dance has a certain level of potential that you're born with. But because of these times and the veils lifting in the way that they are, we have the capacity to liberate that DNA dance and pretty much completely shift the potential of our DNA dance and how much quantum we can embody of ourselves. And this is what's happening right now. This is what people are calling the ascension. Okay. In my book, this is what people are calling the ascension, but it's so much more than that. It's, it's not losing your physical body. It's not transcending this realm. It's quite literally transforming this realm to be in a different frequency. And some people might call it 4d, 5d. For me, I feel it way beyond those dimensional realities. It's way beyond that. Um, okay. So, so that part set. So we have these nesting dolls all coming together to create our here and our reality and experience that our quantum levels are really excited and, um, driven to have committed to having. Okay. Now there are all these overlays on top of our purpose that has been inserted incepted by the power over dynamics of this of empire. I'm going to say empire as in beyond just this galactic plane empire, the power over dynamics of the, um, of the universes. Okay. Now this is a very sophisticated overlay system, but it's also one that we were excited to take part in because we knew we were going to have to completely forget ourselves in this experience. And in that way, this experience is the most intriguing and unique kind of experience we can have. One that we are completely disconnected from ourselves and total amnesia. And we get to have experiences in that state. Okay. Just, I'm not, get, get the human part out of there. Just, just feel into that quantum level. You're this quantum being of infinite experience of infinite knowledge and wisdom and awareness. Right. And there's this opportunity to create these other universes, other galaxies, star systems, planets, individuations that, that offer infinite potential. Okay. This is something that's interesting for us to do. DNA is a, is quite literally a miracle of source. Okay. So we have these DNA, these bio suits that can handle a lot of our quantum, um, but it means forgetting. And these bio suits, even though the DNA dance may be limited, and even though this DNA dance were in the process of opening into something else, this bio suit still has a 
absolutely astounding capacity to move, to transform, to create, to imbue. Okay. And the vehicle, and this is the secret, this is the big secret of the Egyptian mystery school teachings. So listen up. This is a big one. This is the secret to immortality held by the gateway of the sacred scarab. Okay. The sacred scarab is quite literally the gatekeeper to immortality. The gatekeeper of full awakening within a biosuit, as in you maintain your biosuit, but you are a fully awakened being. Just if you're in a yes, you'll get this transmission. It'll come in through your throat. Okay. Because this is a very high level truth that I'm talking about here. And I can talk about these things now because the veils have lifted so much. The, the, um, you know, the, the toxicity, the, the inception of our consciousness has lifted so much. We, this is available to us now. I can speak about this. And what this is a metaphor for, well, metaphor is not quite the right word. What this, what the teachings of the sacred beetle has for us is that we have this insectoid DNA within our being as well. So our biosuit is a compilation of many, many different donations of DNA from different star families. Okay, we have the, the Palladian DNA, we have uh, Syrian DNA, we have Octorian DNA, we have aquatics, we have alternate universe DNA, we have Draco DNA. Okay, we have DNA from all over this galaxy that has been donated to this realm to create these biosuits. Okay. This is, this is why we have a reptilian brain, right? This is why we have a mammalian brain that we share with our, with our aquatics, with our whale people and our, you know, our oceanics. It's like, we have similarities with all these different expressions of life because we share a DNA strand with them. We have some level of sequence that we share. And, and what is really extraordinary about this is that, you know, this, this insectoid DNA. Okay. It's, there's a very unique piece of this insectoid DNA that's actually separate from our full on DNA dance. So I'm talking about the DNA dance being your, your dad's DNA, your mom's DNA comes together and creates your DNA and now you're born. Um, but there is a separateness of a certain type of insectoid um, DNA. And that is what our mitochondria is mapped after. Our mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. It is the part of the cell that creates all of the energy. Matter of fact, the only reason your body needs to breathe oxygen is to feed your mitochondria. Okay. The mitochondria is fed by oxygen. And thanks to the beautiful work of Masaru Emoto, we understand that oxygen, hydrogen, and different molecules within our table of, um, of elements all um, equal a consciousness. And oxygen is love. So quite literally, the mitochondria in your body is fed by love. 
okay? It's fed by the elemental atomic expression of love. Okay, here's another, another piece to weave in here. I know it's going to take me a while to weave this in because, you know, this is really heavy, what you guys are bringing in here. It's a heavy feeling and it's something that a lot of humanity suffers, suffers from right now. So, yeah, this is, a, this is a good one. So, all of our mitochondria, in our, every single cell in our body, we have trillions of cells in our body. Every single cell has a mitochondria within it. And that's the powerhouse of the cell. It is fed by oxygen, which is the elemental expression of love. Okay, the atomic expression of love. Now, every single mitochondria creates energy, which is light heat. Okay, energy, light heat, which is measured by BTUs. Okay, so every cell in your body is capable of producing at least one BTU. And we have trillions of these mitochondria in our body. Every single cell has one without exception. Every single cell has mitochondria. I watched a talk with Zach Bush the other day and it was absolutely fascinating. He said, and I love this so much. I, I so love and appreciate that man for what he's bringing into the world right now. But he said in one square centimeter of your body, your mitochondria can creates more BTUs, more light than our sun. In one square centimeter of your body, the mitochondria there has potential to produce more light than the sun itself. Okay. So your body within every single cell has this massive ability, potential, to radiate more light, heat, than the sun itself. A thousand times the sun. Which means each of you, my dear star, darling star shines, each of you are a massive solar event. You are a massive stellar event. You are a star. Your bio suit is a star inside. Okay, that's the capacity. But so much of us is invested in these little dramas that we have going on in these different overlays. That's why we are staying solid. We're heavily invested into our wounding stories. We're heavily invested into why we have to do this and why we have to do that. So all that light that our mitochondria produces goes into holding those things in place, holding those realities in place, holding those consciousness grids in place. Okay. Going back to toxic masculine, right? The Poseidon. I'm going to just say call it the Poseidon grid. That is held in place by us all, by our feelings, thoughts, and I'm gonna say emotions because they are different than feelings, in relationship to, to toxic masculine expression. Um, 
rage, anger, blame, controlling, okay, these different things. So we have experiences of this, and then we have all these thoughts and feelings about that. And then all that, all that light, all that radiance goes into animating those experiences inside of us, holding, you know, those emotions is stuck energy, energy in motion. When we release emotions, it's a big, it's a big release of energy. That's different than feelings. So once we get to the place where we don't have any more stuck emotions around this, we can just let it all move. Then we're faced with having to have the feeling, let her, letting ourselves have the feeling and finding right relationship to that feeling, right? So when you think about this feeling of being trapped in a matrix or feeling stuck within a matrix of reality where you have to give life force energy, and imagine you're this, you know, you're this infinite being inside. What's the missing piece here for you to recognize, to connect the dots that you are excited as hell to come into this matrix and play this game. Some part of you is excited. Oh, hell yeah, I want to do that. Oh, hell yeah, I want to experience infinite potential with total blindness and amnesia. <laughs> okay. So just let those, let that understanding settle in. And this isn't about right or wrong, good or bad. No, just let this understanding settle in that you quite literally are a stellar event in this bio suit. This bio suit is so extraordinary and things are as flexible as turning from particle into wave. Absolutely. We just need to be willing to let go and forgive. Start with forgiving oneself and then see where the forgiving takes you. Because forgiving, and I'm not talking about ego driver forgiving, I'm talking about on a spiritual level, forgiveness is so profound. It releases beings, not just you, not just your particles. It releases other beings as well. And right now we're getting so illuminated, the deep, deeply buried archetypes the shadow sides of these archetypes and the dark lords and all this stuff are coming to the surface for us to liberate within ourselves. The most beautiful liberation comes with forgiveness, in my opinion, in my experience. I've seen this happen over and over and over again. We've quite literally liberated leagues of dark lords by bringing forgiveness into the equation. And that means we can see beyond the Dark Lord role. This is an infinite being in an experience. And we get to why they're in that experience. What brought them to that experience? And that's what you need to get to within yourself. What is bringing you to this experience? What wants you? What is magnetizing you into it? Most of, most of the time, the things that are magnetizing us into experiences, we don't want or don't like or are painful is because that that energy signature is stuck in our bodies we haven't it's alive in our bodies and we haven't touched it yet and because we haven't touched it we're not able to let it go you don't know what you don't know 
This is why self-reflection is really powerful. This is why working with Sasquatch is really freaking powerful and other elemental beings are really powerful because their mere presence, because they can see more of who you are, they can help you touch those things inside of you so you can have it, feel it, acknowledge it, and then let it keep moving on. Let it keep moving. It's no longer something that binds you to an toxic experience. I hope this is helpful the way I'm saying it. All right. All right. There's a couple more. Um, Carol went ahead and, and answered her the thing about the husband trigger. Okay. All right. My husband is being ornery, snappy. We are not on the same page. Getting tired of not knowing how he will be or what will trigger him. Ah, okay. Walking on eggshells. That does get old, doesn't it? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Let's touch on that because women, darling sisters, I love you all, but we are bass backwards. We are trained so bass backwards. We are trained to acquiesce. We are trained to put up with things that we shouldn't, we don't need to put up with. We're trained that we have to do these things in order for safety, for survival, for relationship. We're the ones that have to do the fixing. We're the ones that, you know what I mean? Um, now granted there's, I'm sure there are women on the opposite side of that spectrum. So I'm not saying this is all women, but what I sense what you're talking about, dear star shine is that you're in this category that I'm talking about. I recognize this cause I was in this category for the longest time. I was like, I was the one that held the emotional space in the family. You know, everybody, you know, everybody else could completely neglect and ignore their emotion, the emotional dynamics, but, and it was my job to, to hold that space. And most of the time that meant I had to walk on eggshells because people weren't willing to process their stuff. They weren't really to acknowledge what was bothering them. Now, luckily I had a lot of alone time with my kids. So they were entrained with me in a way where they, I could get them to, you know, work with the emotional stuff, but their dad was left out of the picture a lot, working, busy, doing this, doing, you know, dad things, mad man things. And, um, and I was left holding the bag most of the time when it came to any kind of emotional stuff. And that led to, you know, me having to be, to, um, navigate carefully, especially when he was in a mood. Um, now my partner, um, yeah, I'm still going to call him a partner. He's, you know, he's the father of my children. Um, and I love him. He's a good man. But when he would go through like quitting an addiction, for example, quitting smoking, he was hell on wheels, man, hell on wheels. And we had to tip tiptoe around him for an entire year to avoid getting snapped at, to avoid getting, you know, punished, blamed, you know what I mean? Because he wasn't able to really process his own emotional stuff about why he had that addiction, you know? Now, after that, he was, but it took a whole year of us acquiescing to his needs emotionally um, before he can get there. But as women, we're trained to do that. We're trained that that's our job. That's kind of our job and function in the family. And it's not true. It's not true. The only reason why it is true is because we do it and we accept it. And then we, you know what I mean? We live like that, but we don't need to. 
now with all these energies coming through the Syrian stargate, the, the radiation frequencies, all this stuff that's happening, we really have to stand in our truth, which means not to settle for less, not to, you know, be forced, feel like we have to make do with what's in front of us. No, we can, we can say we want more. It's like, you know what, this behavior, it's abusive and I don't like it. And I don't want to, I don't want to be with it anymore. You know, why is this behavior okay? If it was me doing it, would it be okay with you? You know what I mean? You, you start bringing this into a conversation and you don't back down. It's like, listen, I have the right to exist in happiness as much as you do. We are a partner in this or we're not. Decide, you know, decide. Are we a partner in this or are we not? Am I your mother? God, I hope not. <laughs> right? I'm not your mom. I'm your lover. I'm the mother of your children. I am the woman that you love and respect and I'm your teammate. If that is how you can look at me and treat me, then great. Let's, let's move forward. But if that's not what's going to happen, we have to personally examine how we're selling ourselves short in that, you know, and how much longer are you willing to do that? Just speaking your truth a lot of times really wakes people up. It wakes our partners up. They realize, oh my gosh, okay. They might react really harshly at first, but then once they think about it and reflect on it, they're like, whoa, right? They, they will wake up, especially if they love us. And it's a real, you know, it's not a codependent relationship. It's like, it's a real true partnership. And this is how, you know, we need to be prepared for the truth. Is it a real partnership or is it just, you know, you're the doormat and, and that's how they expect the relationship to go. That's a real thing. A lot of people treat their partners like a doormat. And once their doormat doesn't want to be a doormat anymore, it's shocking. And they don't want to change. They don't want to allow that change. Um, but we are all being called to step into our truth in a collective way. So what is your truth in this? And what are you going to do about it? Each of us have power here. Remember, you are a stellar event capable of radiating as much energy and light as the sun. That's a physiological reality. That's not a spiritual, you know, that's not something that's out here in the clouds. That is a physiological reality. Okay. How are you going to let that shine? Are you going to let that shine? Right. We are all faced with how, we are going to show up and shine. We're all being faced with this. And it's terrifying. I'm not going to kid you. It's terrifying because we're going against all the things we believed we've had to do to be loved, to be accepted, to be safe. I mean, we're like busting out of major programs right now, being faced with this crisis of how do I shine? How do I be my true self? How do I be my true self in a relationship? How do I be my true self in this matrix? How do I be my true self in the world? How do I look in the mirror? How do I even get into who my true self is? Right? It's a crisis. We're all in on a collective level. Now, I've definitely found uh, my, my Achilles heel and I'm working it. And of course, it involves heartbreak and pain and all that stuff. But, you know, I'm not afraid of it. It sucks going through it. But I'm not going to, I'm not willing to lie, lie, lie to myself in order to keep pain away. You know, I'm, I'm. I'm committed more of like, I'm going through this pain. I am looking to see exactly 
how I'm invested in manifesting this for myself? How am I invested in manifesting this heartbreak? How am I manifested in manifesting this? Cause I had the shoulder thing, this, the shoulder pain. How am I really on a deep subconscious level invested in creating these things? Um, so far I'm finding this Achilles heel that I have. It's my back door. It's a, it's a massive one. It's one that I've inherited from my father line. And once I've touched the fact that it's an ancestral piece, that's a doorway. Now I can go into it full with full passion because now I am bringing liberation and healing in a tangible way, not just for myself, but to all of my family line, all of the men in my family. You know, there's, there's a great burst of love that comes out of my heart when I, when I sit with the feeling of bringing healing and forgiveness to the suffering of the men in my family. You know, I mean, it's a lot. I, you know, my lineage comes from a lot of war-torn um, cultures, you know, like my, my, like my father, my dad's Russian, you know. There's a lot of excruciating, torturous events that happened to my family line. My, my, my dad's mom was an indentured servant, you know, that's slavery at a time of a child. You know, so there's a lot to to unravel there. Okay, dear sister, school, soul schooling. I'm going to go on to your question here. It says, if someone tends to need mitochondrial support through supplements, where would you recommend I tune in to see what can be healed or strengthened in the natural state? Oh, wow, that's a great question. That's a great question. So. There are, there are doctors who have honed in to how to activate mitochondria. There's, there's, there's a few different things. On an energetic, spiritual level, you work with all the things in the Akasha, conclusions, contracts, whatever, around not being lovable, all the different ways in which the person rejects or says no to love. To, to not just being seen and being loved, but also expressing love. Okay. So on an energetic spiritual level, you look at that on a physiological level, there's things that can be done. Um, one is a very, um, soft, gentle, um, pranayam practice, um, that expels excess, uh, excess, um, CO2. So, because when you do that, you're clearing out the lungs to receive more oxygen. Okay. The other thing is um, hyperbaric chambers, HBOT, um, HBOTs. This is hyperbaric oxygen therapy. I love this therapy. This is where you go into a hyperbaric chamber. They put you in under one and a half spheres of pressure with pure oxygen. And, do a vi and I do a very gentle... Uh, breathing exercise combined with an intentional journey within myself to deepen the penetration of the oxygen into my tissues, into my cells, into the mitochondria. And I start finding there are, you know, contracts around not taking in love. So, so if this is a physiological way to get back into the spiritual connection to it, right? So that is a really, really effective treatment 
and you can do other add-ons to that treatment. And there I've, I know people and have, and I've um, worked with people who have cured themselves of very aggressive cancers um, by doing some of these ad adjuncts. And that is high dose glutathione and high dose vitamin C. So you do a high dose glutathione before the oxygen chamber and then a high dose vitamin C after. And you do that a couple times a week and that fires up, like supercharges the mitochondria. It supercharges the mitochondria throughout your entire system, especially if you're combining it with breathing and meditation and focus and mindfulness, right? All that, um, your body will heal from, from anything. Um, so I had a teacher, Alberto, who cured himself of pancreatic cancer, which is a very, very aggressive cancer. And I had a, um, a dear sister, Starshine, that I met who had malignant breast cancer. And she, um, this is how she approached it. Um, so, you know, I've, I, I've talked to people with their first person experiences of, of how they did it and what they did to cure themselves of these ailments using HPOT therapy with these other adjuncts in there. So as you activate your mitochondria, we do need to address ancestral healing and the DNA dance, because as mitochondria start to, to light up and burn or light up with more light and energy, feeding the cells with more light and energy, it's going to bump up against the blocks we have in our DNA dance. So, so this is a multi-tiered process that we need to do to activate it. Um, let me know if that's getting closer to what you're asking, if I'm answering the question, darling. Oh, cool. Big upload. Nice. Thank you. Thank you, Edna. Yeah, I've been there, done that, not all. All right. Now, supplement wise, I take Sheila G. Strengthening mitochondria is just one of the benefits. Yes, there's all, yes, yes, there are supplements you can take. I'm not a big supplement person. I don't know if I'm really um, qualified to really say much other than what I like to do myself. Um, I know you would think I would take a lot of supplements and vitamins, but I don't. Um, I, I really focus on having really good food. Um, food that's local, food that's grown um, by human hands, you know, um, you know, really good quality food. So I, I do my nutrients more through food. But um, there are things like Sheila G, the mushrooms, there's, there's all sorts of noble mushrooms that are great for your mitochondria. Another um, thing is, is that there's something called NADS, which is a telomer therapy that also has a direct impact on your with your mitochondria and it's considered the fountain of youth in a lot of places in the US you have to be very careful about um, the quality of the NADs because some of the um, some of the um, drips have aluminum in it as a preservative and which is absolutely bass backwards why they would do that I, well why they would do that right now. <laughs> but if you really want to have the ultimate benefit of the NADS protocol, you need to make sure that the, the drip does not have aluminum as a, as a preservative within the ingredients. Um, it's also, aluminum is often also in a lot of B12 shots. So you need to pay attention to that. Um, there are people that I know and I've, I've, I've had communications with that have found really um, pure sources where the manufacturers really care about the quality and they are mindful about keeping metals out of the, um, out of the process. 
um, for a preservative. So um, I can I can maybe hook if you guys message me, I might be able to hook you up with that. They are on the down low though, so and they're not in the they're not in the U.S. So <laughs> you know you'd have to figure out a way how to get it to you. Um, for me, I um, my 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 plan is because I want to do this for myself. Um, my plan is is that I have a friend in um, well, I have multiple friends in Central America, and then you know I would I would have it shipped somewhere there and, and do the treatment that way. Because um, the FDA has gotten gotten control of the protocol and they've changed the protocol. So now it's like five days versus a sitting of five hours, four hours. Um, and they've modulated the dosage. So they pretty much minimize the kind of impact you can get by doing the NADS protocol, the, the NADS treatment. Um, of course, we know why they do that, right? Anyway, uh, so that's, yeah, so that's that about the mitochondria. There's also transmissions that are really significant. So, well, you know, we're, Let's talk dragons for a second. So when you look up into the night sky, the night sky is filled with stars, right? Filled with stars. If you're really, really like lucky, it's super dark outside and a clear night. You can see the Milky Way. Now, all of those stars that you see above you, all of those stars you see above you, and even the ones you don't see, all of that exists in your vastness inside okay all of that exists beyond that potential of what your mitochondria can radiate okay all of that exists it's just what happens it gets obscured so if you close your eyes for a minute and take a few deep breaths just to slow your system down to slow the body down and start imagining one of those nights where you saw the night sky, you can see the Milky Way clear as day. Just imagine one of those moments, that experience, see that inside your body, all that space, that awe feeling of seeing the Milky Way. When we look up to the night sky, we get a profound sense of divine father which is space okay it's empty space so let empty space start to show itself in you within that scene in your body you're looking up at the night sky and it's all this beauty awe All those stars, all those galaxies, the Milky Way herself is all, those are all conscious beings. Those are all dragon beings. Dragon beings being cosmic creational force. So when you're tuning in to the arms of the Milky Way galaxy inside of your body, this is a cosmic dragon level of yourself. 
and tuning into. And it requires space. All we need to do is hold space, allow space, and these levels of ourselves are going to wake up and activate. And as these different layers of ourselves wake up and activate, we have that much more capacity from our infinite nature to resource from in creating the now. And with the activation of these dragons comes gifts, spiritual gifts. We have dragon fire of all sorts of frequencies, all different colors and spectrums, even opalescent and, and so on, crystal, diamond, flames. And we have sacred waters, cosmic water that is transformative, that creates bridges between realms that are cut off from each other. We have sacred breath, the breath of life that's made available to us. Okay. We have sacred knowing that opens up to us cognitive, conscious awareness that is beyond the human scope of experiences. The deep wells of compassion come online with the awakening of these dragon levels. The power of beauty and truth come online with these dragon levels, with these cosmic openings inside. If we breathe Make it a practice to just breathe slow, activate our parasympathetic nervous system. You know, just breathe slow, slow our body down, and just let ourselves go into that state and spend time watching the cosmic within these stars, these galaxies within ourselves. All those stuck particles inside of us that are stuck in emotions and feelings and adversions of things have an opportunity to wake up and remember themselves as a wave again. And the more we do that, the freer we become. And the freer we become, the more natural 
we are. The more attuned to the natural world, more harmonic to nature we are. Because it's our true nature we're tuned into and harmonic with, therefore we're naturally harmonic with, that, with the nature around us. We feel impulsed to create beauty with our natural world instead of commodifying it, reaping and harvesting for the benefit of personal gain. That is the distorted, damaged, masculine expression. The healed wholeness of a masculine expression is the joy of creating beauty. The joy of creating beauty in this world. Of holding true, holding in resonant truth, right? Being a custodian a guardian. That's what the healthy, intact masculine energy does. There's so much joy in that. There's so much joy in that. So much satisfaction in that. And in the feminine aspects of ourselves, which we all have regardless of gender, continues to dream continues to stand at that threshold of the unknown and dream things forward and pull things forward from the emptiness and births it into this reality. There's so much joy in that. There's so much freedom in that. And this is what we're coming back to reclaiming for ourselves on this planet. That ability right there. We choose you, me, our us, our star family. You know, we choose what comes into this realm, into this dream realm. It's not dictated to us from an outside value system. Okay. This is what we're stepping into. This is what the transcendent slash ascension looks like. Us reclaiming all of that. and see what else we have to There's other comments in here that we need to talk about. Uh-oh. It's gone. The comments are gone. I lost them. All right. Let me see what we have. Here we go. Here we go. All right. Hey, young trick named Jim's joining the party. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Oh, yeah, thank you. Um, he's defining what NAD stands for. You can get... And then he says you can get a sublingual version. It's not as effective as the IV, but I found benefit from it. Oh, okay. That's interesting. So that's something that you um, you put under your tongue. Very interesting. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> so, um, yeah, this is, this is 
mitochondria is where it's at in a lot of ways. And really there's a, so many different ways to step into our fullness as multidimensional beings. Um, it's just what is available. What's the first step available? And a lot of times what happens is that we get daunted by the, the, the vastness of the task. Like we have this vision, like say, okay, I'm addicted to TV and ice cream and feeling bad about myself. That's actual a chemical addiction that you have, right? Um, I've had, I'm saying this cause I've done, I've been this, <laughs> I, I, this, I live this. I used to have a binge eating problem when I was younger. I would, um, do, I would eat well for a while and then I would binge and I would eat entire boxes of cookies, entire bags of candy on top of, you know, fried chicken and, you know, you know what I mean? All the, the, the worst of the worst things that you could put into your body, I would binge. And then, um, and then I also had um, an issue with, uh, smoking too much pot. This is, you know, this is when I was younger and, uh, and I would have these self-loathing cycles that I would go into every time I would do it, I would self-loathe. And the best thing ever that happened to me is that I got into a place at a really good, had a really good position at the time. I got into a place where I can live alone and the living alone, it triggered loneliness, but it also helped me get clear in my energy what was my energy? What was me processing my roommate's energies? You know what I mean? There was so much dysfunction going on because we're younger, young and stupid. Right. <laughs> and, um, you, you know, and I got clear, I was able to really see myself and there was this deep sense of self-loathing and, and, um, and hatred and all this other stuff. So I had a chemical dependence on the emotion, on the feeling of loathing. Okay. I quite literally was chemically dependent on that. And then if I didn't get that fix, then I would numb myself out with smoking pot. And then, you know, so it was just kind of like this cycle that kept feeding each other. Um, but you know, I really lucked out because when I was younger, I was exposed to a really healthy community of people, um, you know, yoga, meditation, macrobiotics and all this stuff. And that helped me so much. Um, in the, in the sense that I was, when I was around people who, when I was surrounding myself with people who paid attention to conscious living, I felt a resonance with conscious living, even though I kind of felt like a fake because I did all this binge stuff, but you know, it was, I, there was still some part of me that was in resonance with that. So I was, I was able to get these glimpses of who this other part of me that was resonating you know, so, so surrounding yourself in a supportive community is an essential piece to getting out of these cycles of addiction, chemical addiction in your brain or whatever it is, you know, really finding some routine in your life where you can be exposed to people who are encouraging, that are uplifting or, you know, whatever. And you really invest in that. As you invest in that, you start changing the chemical, um, you start changing the chemistry in within yourself and eventually you'll, you'll be able to see the moment where you can choose differently. You're no longer driven by that chemical dependence, that, that craving, and you can choose something different. And then you have a moment where you choose something different, right? And then maybe you, you go back and lapse into the old cycle again, but then you have another moment where you choose something different and then another moment <coughs> and then another moment. So it's a baby step to get out of it, but 
really remember that you are in a cycle. You're in a really intense cycle that is chemical and it's very intense. I would also entertain the idea if it's available to do those HBOT therapy sessions, because when you, you know, when you do that, it really also, that also changes your chemistry. It changes a lot going on in your body. And you can start when your mitochondria is really full on fired up, you can start directing the waveform to go into an intention. Okay. And, and this is um, how I've gotten a lot of healing from that. I've had situations where potentially very, 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 very serious that I was able to unravel by simply going into an HBOT and breathing and meditating and focusing on intentions for myself, for my body. I'm directing my cells to behave a certain way, directing my chemistry in certain ways. So um, that therapy, I can't, I can't speak more highly enough about that therapy. It's really, really effective. Now, if you do the other stuff too, that's, that gets very expensive. But the HBOT itself is not expensive. The other stuff, the glutathione and the vitamin C, you're talking all, you're talking a lot of money per treatment. But just the HBOT, not so much. So, so recognize that it's not you. It's not all you. There is a very strong magnetic chemical dependency on these emotional habits that we have. Okay, very very strong, and and it's not only just emotional. Um, toxins. It's also family inherited patterns, energy patterns inherited. And so you're also working against the momentum of your ancestry. So daily forgiveness practice with your ancestry can also assist a lot to help change the tide, to help get you past the hump. Okay. It all ties together. All these nesting dolls are working together to create your here and now moment experience. All of these nesting dolls. And right now as humanity, we're working at letting go of the past so we can really let the, the moment be a, a new moment. And, and this is your practice, you know, until you get there, this is your practice, healing, forgiving, letting go of all the past stuff. So it doesn't need to inform you in the right here, right now, the right here, right now can be something fresh. The right who here right now can be a massive opportunity of that was new that's new that hasn't been so before you see what i mean so i'm just saying that to you know to encourage you guys there are things to be done and you are a powerful being and there's lots of things available to us even when we feel stuck it's just a matter of getting out the door and doing it getting out the door and doing it darlings thank you thank you thank you so much for being uh, a part of this conversation this hour goes by so 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 fast i really appreciate you guys thank you so much i love you um let me know uh you know let me know how things turn out in the comments now i read the comments i'm not always able to respond to them but i definitely i read them all so do know that they do land and i i usually try to like or heart them i'm not always able to um type out a response um, just because of bandwidth, you know, the social media takes up a lot, a lot of bandwidth. And, and I'm really dedicating my energies towards, you know, these other things with the Academy and unraveling blind spots and really helping, you know, some really beautiful beings wake up into themselves as well as myself. So, so, um, you know, I modulate that, but please, um, comment, um, like subscribe, you know, if these videos are helpful, help, help us out, um, get them out to other people. Um, and do know that the space you hold here is exquisite. I so appreciate it. This is what allows me to get to these pieces in the way that I do. And I really love the fact that we can have this dance every week. 
I really do. So just know that I, I'm loving, I'm loving our exchange as much as you guys, and, and if not more. So um, you are really, really um, important and matter in this, in this experience. And, and remember that you absolutely have an impact. You have an impact here with me, but you also have an impact in your life. You really matter. How you show up matters. Okay. All right. Love you guys. I will see you next week. I hope you guys make it a great week. Bye-bye.